On this episode of the Enneagram Mom podcast, we'll be going through how to identify unhealthy Enneagram numbers. to another episode of the Enneagram Mom. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. If you've been here for a while, welcome back. So the last episode, I talked about Joshua Powell, um, who um, ended up murdering his wife and his children. Um, It was a bonus episode, um, and I kind of went over the Enneagram types involved in that relationship. And so going through that, what I wanted to do was have um, an episode discussing how to identify unhealthy traits in each number. And this does not have to go just hand in hand with domestic violence. Um, this can go with unhealthy um, parents. Maybe you have some unhealthy parents. Maybe you can see some unhealthy traits in your children. Um, maybe there are neighbors that are unhealthy around you. Whatever it is, starting to understand those unhealthy traits. And I'm going to kind of give you some ideas of what to do about it in the end. A lot of people ask me, okay, really only serial killers can probably be Enneagram 8s. So I want to go into this because it's something I'm really passionate about. I was a victim of child abuse. Um, I've been an, a victim of domestic violence as well. So I would just want to keep the awareness out so you can start recognizing some of these behaviors as red flags. And not all situations are obviously violence or abuse, but I kind of wanted to give you an idea of what abuse can look like. So some forms of abuse, this is off of breakthecycle.org, is sexual abuse. Sexual abuse is sexual activity that occurs without willing, active, unimpaired consent, such as unwanted sexual touch, sexual assault, rape, or tampering with contraceptives. Um, This can also be in a marriage or out of a marriage. Physical abuse, this is the abuse that usually people look at. Any intentional use of physical touch to cause fear, injury, or assert control, such as hitting, shoving, and strangling. Emotional and verbal abuse. Non-physical damaging behaviors like threats, insults, screaming, constant monitoring, or isolation. Financial abuse. Exerting power and control over a partner through their finances, such as taking or hiding money or preventing a partner from earning money. Stalking, being repeatedly watched, followed, monitored, or harassed, can occur online or in person and include giving unwanted gifts. Digital abuse, using technology to bully, stalk, threaten, or intimidate a partner using texting, social media apps, and tracking. So those are forms of actual abuse that can occur. And again, a lot of people think that um, abuse just comes down to physical abuse. But as seen in the last case, there was actually no um, violence presented until the um, victim was indeed murdered. So there are times there are red flags happening and we need to see it in other people as well as our own relationships. So in the end, I'm going to go over some skills and tips to help you with either abuse that you may be um, in or observing or helping you get out of toxic relationships. And um, I saw a really good quote today about toxic relationships. A toxic relationship is one that adversely impacts a person's health and well-being. That's by Dr. Kelly Campbell. 
And the person that is being toxic to you doesn't get to determine what is toxic or not. Um, I remember coming out of the abusive relationship and leaving and going, oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Because my brain was trying to process everything that happened. So I was going, oh, everything's fine. It's really not that bad. It wasn't until months later that I really started to process and go, oh my gosh, that was horrible. That, that was scary. That was terrifying. And even though in it, there were police called that had to physically hide from this person, it didn't seem as bad when I was in it, but it's because I had been slowly manipulated minute by minute until I was under almost complete control. And I was also gaslighted to believe that I was the crazy one in the situation, which I mean, I'm not like a totally sane person. Like I don't really think anybody is, but it was really, really difficult. And so I want to bring more awareness to this light that it's not just weak people. Um, it's, it's strong women. It's strong men. It's people that are trying to put up boundaries, but maybe have never developed them or people that are going through a really difficult time and don't know how to process things. But everyone deserves a chance at happiness and everyone deserves a chance at a better life. And what that takes includes us making steps to understand what's happening in this situation. So I've talked about this before, but there are three levels of development in each Enneagram number. So there are the top three, which is level one, two, and three. These are healthy levels. So top one would be at their very best. Then we've got the average levels. This is level four, five, and six. Um, the, this is where most of us sit as we work towards growth and development. And I definitely think like we've all been an average level in our life. And I, I do believe we've gotten to unhealthy levels, especially as we are trying to process things. So we've got this average level four, five, and six, and then we have unhealthy levels and that is seven, eight, and nine. And if you've listened to the killer podcast, um, killer personality podcast, they talk a lot in these unhealthy numbers. Every single number has unhealthy traits, okay? Every single one of them. And it's okay to recognize them and to also acknowledge that you could be extremely unhealthy or at a point in your life, you could go, I was really not in a healthy place. And look how far I've grown and how far I've come. But taking these traits, what I want you to do is kind of be thinking in unhealthy terms of people that have either had a toxic impact, have abused you, or have had a rough time. You've had a rough time processing what they want from you because it doesn't seem like it's stable. So first I'm going to start with type ones. So I'm going to kind of go through all of the unhealthy levels of a type one. So as they are unhealthy in a level seven, to remember there's seven, eight, nine, seven, they can be highly dogmatic, self-righteous, intolerant, oh goodness, intolerant and inflexible. They began dealing in absolutes. They alone know the truth. Everyone else is wrong. They are very severe in judgments while rationalizing their own actions. They become, this is level eight. They become obsessive about imperfection and the wrongdoing of others. Although they may fall into contradictory actions, hypocritical, doing opposite of what they preach. 
Level nine, becoming con- condemnatory towards others, punitive and cruel to rid themselves of wrongdoers. Severe depression, nervous breakdowns, and suicide attempts are likely. Generally correspond to obsessive, compulsive, and depressive personality disorders. So those are some things to keep an eye on if you know someone that's a type one or you can see some of these characteristics popping up from someone, um, which a lot with um, type ones is a lot of control. So noticing people that are trying to take control, that are loud about it or saying that your actions need to be perfect when they turn around and are doing the opposite thing and are very hypocritical on their own terms. Enneagram twos. So level seven of an Enneagram two can be manipulative and self-serving. They can instill guilt by telling others how much they owe them and making them suffer. They abuse food and medication to stuff their feelings or to get sympathy. They undermine people. They make belittling, disparaging remarks. They are extremely self-deceptive about their motives and how aggressive or selfish their behaviors are. Level eight, they are domineering and coercive. They feel entitled to get anything they want from others. The repayment of old date, old debts, money, or sexual favors. Level nine, able to excuse and rational, rationalize what they do since they feel abused and victimized by others and are bitterly resentful and angry. Somatization of their aggressions result in chronic health problems as well as, as well as vindicate themselves by falling apart and burdening others. They generally correspond to histronic personality disorder and factitious disorder. So type twos are more likely to kind of play the victim mentality mode um, because their life is falling apart. Everyone's life should be falling apart and they rationalize everything that they do that they deserve to have better and they deserve to have more, but also see themselves as a victim. Enneagram threes. So level seven, they are fearing failure and humiliation. They can be exploitive and opportunistic. They are covetous of the success of others and willing to do whatever it takes to preserve the illusion of their superiority. Level eights are devious and deceptive so that their mistakes and wrongdoings will not be exposed. They are untrustworthy, maliciously betraying or sabotaging people in triumph over them. They are delusionally jealous of others. Level nines become vindictive, attempting to ruin others' happiness. They are relentless, obsessive about destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings and failures. They have psychopathic behavior, generally corresponding to the narcissistic personality disorder. So you'll notice type threes um, end up being more narcissist, where they see themselves as kind of the best and they will do whatever it takes to succeed or be the best. And that includes trampling, um, trampling over others that are in their way. So this is for type four on the level seven. When dreams fail, they become self-inhibiting and angry at themselves. They become depressed and alienated from selves and others. When blocked and emotionally paralyzed, they are ashamed of themselves and fatigued and unable to function. Level eight, they are tormented by delusional self-contempt self-reproaches, self-hatred, and morbid thoughts. Everything is a source of torment. They blame others and they drive anyone away who tries to help them. 
Level nine, they are despairing. They feel hopeless and they become self-destructive, possibly abusing alcohol or drugs to escape. In the extreme, emotional breakdown or suicide is likely, generally corresponds to the avoidant, depressive, and narcissistic personality disorders. You'll notice with type fours, they become internally distressed. So these are the people that um, can become very um, depressed and have a lot of anxiety. And this can just weigh really, really heavy on them, on them, which makes them unable to function. Unhealthy levels for type five, unhealthy level number seven means they become reclusive and isolated from reality. They are eccentric and nihilistic, highly unstable and fearful of aggression. They reject and repulse others and all social attachments. Level eight, they become, they get obsessed, get frightened by their threatening ideas. They become horrified delirious and prey to gross distortions and phobias level nine they seek oblivion they may commit suicide or have a psychotic break with reality they are deranged explosively self-destructive with schizophrenic overtones generally corresponds to schizoid avoidant and schizopathical personality disorders so if you notice this is very like this one is very hard because they are so logical, type fives are extremely logical, for them to go into these unhealthy states, they become detached from reality. So they kind of don't see what's happening as real and they kind of feel like everything's either out to get them or that they should be in control of more. So they start to begin this spiral of becoming completely out of control. Enneagram sixes um, as an unhealthy level is a level seven. They are fearing that they have ruined their security. They become panicky, volatile, and self-disparaging with acute inferiority feelings. Seeing themselves as defenseless, they seek out a stronger authority or believe to resolve all problems. They're highly divisive, disparaging, and berating of others. Level eight, they feel persecuted, that there are others out to get them. They lash out and act irrationally. They bring about what they fear, fantasism and violence. Level nine, hysterical and seeking to escape punishment. They become self-destructive and suicidal. Alcoholism, drug overdoses, skid row, self-abasing behavior, generally corresponding to the passive-aggressive and paranoid personality disordered. So you can tell this is where they kind of go into their head and they believe like the world is out to get them. Um, so they kind of become that extreme paranoia. Type seven. So a level seven, they are desperate to quell their anxieties. They can be impulsive and infantile. They do not know when to stop. Addictions and excess take their toll. Debauched, depraved, dis dissipated, escapist, offensive, and abusive. Level eight, in flight from self, they act out on impulses rather than dealing with anxiety or frustrations. They go out of control into erratic mood swings and compulsive actions or manias. Level nine, finally, their energy is, and health is completely spent. They become claustrophobic and panic-stricken, often giving up on themselves and life. Deep depression and despair, self-destructive overdoses, impulsive suicide generally corresponds to the bipolar disorder and 
histrionic personality disorder. So if you can see a seven who's usually spontaneous and fun and outgoing, they become very erratic and want to kind of calm their anxiety. So they're looking for any way to do it. Um, type sevens are also most likely to um, have addiction issues. Enneagram eights in this unhealthy level as a level seven, they defy any attempt to control them. They become completely ruthless, dictatorial. They might makes right. The criminal and the outlaw, renegade and con artist, hard headed, immoral and potentially violent. As a level eight, they develop delusional ideas about their power, their invincibility, and the ability to prevail. They have megalomania, feeling omnipotent, invulnerable, and they are recklessly overextending themselves. Level nine, if they are in danger, they may get brutally, they may brutally destroy everything that has non-conformed to their will rather than surrender it to anyone else. They're vengeful, barbaric, murderous, sociopathic tendencies. They generally correspond to antisocial personality disorder. So if you can see that type eights kind of get into their head and they become extremely hard and violent. So type nines in this unhealthy state, um, as a level seven, they can be highly repressed, underdeveloped, and ineffectual. They feel incapable of facing any problems and they become obstinate, dis dissociating from themselves from all conflicts. They're neglectful and dangerous to others. As a level eight, they're wanting to block out awareness or anything that could affect them. They dissociate so much that they eventually cannot function. They numb and dis depersonalize things. As a level nine, they finally become severely disoriented and catatonic, abandoning themselves, turning into shattered shells. They may have multi-personality disorder, and they generally correspond to the schizoid and dependent personality disorder. So this is where you can kind of see someone going into um, either kind of like a full shutdown or that they become a separate person because they need a person to be strong. So they literally will have a multi-personality disorder. So as we can see, these are extremely unhealthy traits. And I mean, even when you go into the average traits, there are some really unhealthy things in even the average traits, but they're not going to spiral down. They're not going to make it extremely low. Um, but at some point I will do another podcast that kind of goes into those average levels and kind of how to see ourselves. Cause even if I go to type one, okay. So type one, if it's a level six, so right on, right above the unhealthy. So this is an average level six. They're highly critical of both themselves and others. They're picky, judgmental, perfectionist, very opinionated about everything, correcting people and badgering them to do the right thing as they see it. They're impatient. They're never satisfied with anything unless it is done according to their prescriptions. They are moralizing, scolding, abrasive, and indignantly angry. So that is an average level it's still not unhealthy traits, but you can see how really unhealthy the other traits are. So I want to bring awareness to the possibility that you may have someone in your life that is this form of extreme unhealthy. So some ways to kind of help with this unhealthy is creating healthy boundaries. So if this is someone that is a family member or um, someone you know, you need to really set healthy, healthy boundaries. If it is an abusive relationship that you are in, if you're seeing these traits in your spouse or in 
um, the relationship in front of you, leaving is the best option. Leaving is the way it'll keep you safe. Um, and I will also add onto the show notes, the number to call for the domestic hotline, domestic violence hotline. Um, I know it's a scary thing. I've done it before. And, um, unless you've been through it, it doesn't make any sense. And it seems illogical, but there's more, there's more to this world and you deserve more. Um, if you are, um, seeing this around you or find multiple people with this, you need to work on your own self-esteem because what's going to happen is they are trying to tear you down through trying to make themselves feel better, right? Hurt people, hurt people. So work on your own self-esteem and value and seek therapy. It, no matter if something happened in your childhood and you see it and you're trying to understand it, or if it's happening today, sometimes a therapist is exactly what's needed to create those healthy boundaries. And again, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm just an Enneagram coach, but for me, it's really valuable to see what was unhealthy, what was not okay happening in my life. So wanting more for the people around me, wanting more people to recognize that their sister, brother, uh, uh, cousin, uncle might be in a red flag relationship and start to acknowledge, okay, what can I do to help them? Number one, be there for them. Um, when a person decides to leave, it is a very traumatic event and they will go to people that have been there and have loved them through it. And it can be very emotionally breaking on a person that's watching things happen. They can't do anything about it. So sometimes it's just being there because when a person does decide to leave, they are going to feel very overwhelmed with this decision and they need somebody on their side. Also recognizing that a person will leave multiple times. Um, they usually will be conned or manipulated into coming back multiple times. And it takes a while for a person to decide their, to leave their abuser for good. Being there, just being the person that loves them through it, that is trying to understand is a long way to get help. Um, Joshua Powell, um, Susan Powell, she, her family had seen the red flags. Her friends had seen the red flags and they didn't know what to do. So they were there for her, but there was a time when she should have left and it should have been encouraged more. And so trying to understand and create a safe place, but everyone did the best that they knew how. And so hope is now brought on that we can do more. And now I, I'm hoping that this generation, it will be more openly talked about, openly discussed, that it's never okay to lay hands on another person, it, but it's also never okay to call another person names or to degrade another person or to financially take money away from a person. Um, that control is unacceptable and I wanna bring more awareness to that. So thank you for listening. I know this was kind of a heavier podcast episode. Um, that's okay if it's one that you had to like skip over or like, no, this is just too much for the time I'm in. That's okay. It's a little bit heavy. I'll bring another lighthearted episode and hopefully a bonus episode. I think I'm going to do Grey's Anatomy as the bonus episode this week. So tune in for that. We'll see you next Monday on the Enneagram Mom. Mm -hmm.